It's the Saturday morning rewatch where we rewatch old cartoons. Hi, Jess. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> Truth, but we're going to talk about a cartoon, which will wake me up. So this time we watched Rugrats. But, and I'm, I hope everyone listening hears that iconic theme song now of dun, 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 dun. Man, when I first watched like the first episode, I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot this song," but it's right there. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I went to a live show of another podcast, and at one point, somebody went to a piano and was like, "I'm gonna play a masterpiece," and they just started playing that (laughs) song. (laughs) Oh, that's good. It was great. It was like a surprise. Like, oh yeah, that is still stuck in my head. I didn't even know. I feel like it's one of those songs that like. You don't even realize what you're humming, and then it's like Rugrats mm-hmm. theme song. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, Rugrats was one of the original Nicktoons on Nickelodeon. There were 172 episodes over nine seasons between 1991 and 2004. And the show follows the adventures of a group of babies as they learn to navigate the world, with Tommy as their one-year-old hero, Chucky as his two-year-old friend who is afraid of everything, Phil and Lil, who are mischievous twins, and Tommy's villainous older cousin, Angelica. The baby's parents are also prominent characters, although they are usually completely unaware of their children's shenanigans. And fun fact, it was Nickelodeon's longest-running cartoon until 2012, when SpongeBob SquarePants aired its 173rd episode. (laughs) Yeah, when I read that, I was a little bit surprised. Like, I knew... SpongeBob had been on forever, but I didn't realize just how long Rugrats had been on, which is kind of why it's a little ubiquitous in my brain, I think. I think so. I feel like I watched it like when I was the right age and then when I was too old for it. So it's in a weird place in my brain. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I think even when I was very young, this is one of those moments where Kelly was a persnickety asshole and was like, these babies look ugly. I don't want to watch them. So I would watch it like sometimes when it was on and there was nothing else. But I never actively seeked out Rugrats, but I still know all of their names and I know the plots. So so, yeah, it was definitely there when it was age appropriate. I definitely remembered (laughs) a lot of the episodes that I watched and I was like oh this is weird it's weird that this is so in my brain yeah one of those cartoons that was on but not one I was especially committed to mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so this is our first Nicktoon and our first show that comes in 15 minute blocks so I think it was a lot different to rewatch than the ones we've done so far yeah like the others required quite a bit of just like okay it's sitting down and it's cartoon watching time whereas With these, I've watched six episodes in, like, two hours. You know, it was nothing. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'm prepared now. Yep. I was like, oh, well, that was more than I meant to watch. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, exactly. And it, it reminds me, too, of how as a kid, I think, at the age when Rugrats was appropriate, it makes sense that they were that short. Because by the time the ending of the cartoon rolls around, you're like, I'm bored with this plot line. Yeah. Like, so they just kind of wrap it up and then present you with the next one. It's true. I was, like, simultaneously impressed that they could squish all those plots into a 15-minute episode, which, you know, comes out to, like, 12 actual minutes, and Mm -hmm. also a little bored. (laughs) Yeah. I think it comes down this idea that why we might have been a little bit bored as kids, too, because there is a strength and a weakness in the fact that all of the plots are very, very, very mundane, with the exception 
of the fact that there is at some point a baby running amok. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about the fact that this is a show where nothing is fantastic and nothing is... There's no superheroes. So we've talked a lot about, you know, the group of four or five characters who are color-coded and they're all superheroes with their own unique powers. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool that they managed to make such a successful show. It's like the Friends of children's cartoons. <laughs> oh my god, it really is like the it's like the friends or the Seinfeld. Yes, yeah, you know? somewhere like, in between those it's two. Still, like the situations still feel a little bit outside of life. Like in one of the episodes, like Tommy gets in the back of a restaurant and just crawls around like fucking up the food and it's like, mm, that's not gonna happen. Like nobody's gonna be like, oh, it's fine. There's just a loose baby. Yeah, like, <laughs> people do actually notice babies, which is probably the most untrue thing about the yeah. show. It's like actually no, people would definitely notice a one-year-old crawling around. Yeah, <laughs> but no one ever does in the show. No, none of the adults are really that aware of what their children are doing like at all. Ever. But at the same time, that premise is really not that hard to get past. It's not that hard to think. Oh, yeah, you just turn your back for a second or, oh, you're doing something important or, oh, you have to get called away and your kid's like, here I go. Like, there's one where the very first episode, actually, the babies decide that they want to be dogs. Yes. And that feels so realistic to me. I remember as a kid in, like, daycare being like, all right, we're going to play dogs now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that that was what made it so compelling probably for the age range that's really his target audience, which I guess is probably between like 6 and 12 max. (laughs) Yeah, 12 is still pretty. 12 is pretty at the end of it, but that makes you in between the two age groups of the show. Mm -hmm. So I think that as like an 8-year-old child, you can identify with the things the babies want. But Mm -hmm. you also kind of understand some of the jokes the adults are making. Yes. Yeah. So in that age range, I think it's like, it's perfect. You're like, ah, yes, I want to sneak around and be a dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I also understand some of the weird things the adults say. (laughs) Yeah. Or like why the adult is like, oh, no, you can't eat that dog food. And you're like, oh, gross, baby. You're so dumb. So it's like... (laughs) You can understand both levels of the joke as an eight-year-old, and it's still funny for you. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that with a 12-year-old, too, because, like, going back and watching them now, I'm realizing that, like, A, the real sign of how old you are is when you start to identify and sympathize with the adults. Mm. So, like, there are all these situations in the background for the adults. Tommy's mom is constantly trying to be the best mom she can be, but in a way that's very relatable to current trends where you have like mommy bloggers and this whole idea of like you have to feed your kid with breast milk or these hypoglycemic whatever (laughs) cookies or you know just all the shit that they tell women like oh you have to make sure you take care of your baby this way this is actually present in Rugrats in the very first episode she's worried where she's like oh we have to give him a good first birthday this is formative whether he remembers (laughs) it or not the emotions will like carry through and Tommy's dad is like he's not gonna remember anything about this yeah there's another episode where like angelica's mom takes them to work and she literally says i'm an organized 90s mom how hard could it be about taking her kids to work god i love that i loved her in that episode it was weird but also wonderful Mm -hmm. i mean like she works for merge corp and is apparently a hostile takeover expert (laughs) 
I love the way she describes it. She's like, well, let me tell you this way, sweetie. Corporations are like monsters, and I find smaller, weaker monsters for mine to eat. <laughs> yes! Do they sometimes like eat babies? So no, of course not. Yeah. No, it was wonderful. And really, like, everything about Angelica's mother makes Angelica make a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, completely. Like, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. It does. And her dad, too, where they're it's both true. they're both high-powered executives that are constantly on the move. And she's like, is anyone going to pay attention to me? No? Cool. I'm going to throw this cereal on the floor. Like, yeah. she makes a lot of sense in that regard. That's true. But the other thing I was interested in that I was reading on the wiki was that one of the co-creators of the Rugrats initially objected to how much of a bully she was. And going back and watching these, I was like, yeah, Fair. she's kind of a crazy bitch. She <laughs> is totally. And I was thinking, even though she's like over the top in a lot of aspects, it also adds a lot of conflict to the show that you might not otherwise be able to get into a show that's like just suburban babies. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that that enabled them to deal with some aspects of being a child that you don't always see in other cartoons. Yeah, I think that's very true. And it still feels like at a level realistic to me because I remember as a kid, like, kids are terrible to each other. Yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs> like you said, like with Angelica being terrible to them, there's a level of cool. Let's show that Tommy loves his little brother because at one point, Angelica literally tells Tommy that like his baby brother, Dill, is going to go back to the baby store because he's stupid. And I'm yes. just like, whoa. <laughs> she tells them terrible things. But like as a kid, I was like, that totally makes sense. Of course, the older mm -hmm. child does that because everyone knows the oldest child is the devil. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> of course, it's never you. There's always some other kid who's the literal worst. And yeah, I was like, I know exactly who Angelica is in my life. Mm -hmm. and they are terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like I, I had an experience with like an Angelica at school. And like it made I remember talking to my mom about it, like made her furious that this right? was just like, like as an happened. adult, you're like, that's just unacceptable behavior. But as a child, it's completely normal behavior. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's just a jerk. It's fine. I'm going to go hang out with my friend. Like, that's just your response. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Angelica comes in and calls you dumb babies, and you're like, well, mm -hmm. I'm going to go be a dog. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's just the way it goes. Yeah, and, like, even then, sometimes Angelica is clearly not that much older than them. So, like, in Chucky's Wonderful Life, which is, I know, one of the episodes we both watched, all the babies are like, oh, man, look at Chucky's dad's favorite toy, which is a CD. And the babies are like, ooh, what is it? It's shiny and neat. And Angelica's like, okay, those dumb babies want it, but I want it too. And then she True. goes after it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I couldn't find how old she was, but she must be three or four years old. Yeah, I think she has yeah. to be at least maybe four because she's definitely like old enough to know how to use the babies for stuff, yeah. but like not quite smart enough to be <laughs> like, oh, that's a CD. I'm not going to play with that. Right. The other thing that made me laugh in Chucky's Wonderful Life is that without Chucky, Chucky's dad just watches C-SPAN. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, oh, what do we do? <laughs> I don't know. I'll just watch C-SPAN. And I was like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> And that literally all of the babies are absolutely terrible because, like, there's no one to tell them not to do things. Of or, course. like, because Chucky's catchphrase is, I don't think this is such a good I idea. Know. <laughs> oh, Phil and Lil are terrorizing people. And I was like, yeah, that seems about right, actually. <laughs> 
it's interesting because like definitely going back and watching this, I'm so much more fascinated by the adults. Talking to my partner about this, Phil and Lil's mom in my brain reads as such a power lesbian and re-watching oh, yeah. episodes, I'm like, oh wait, she does have a husband. She does. But he's <laughs> really mousy and it's like, yeah. Okay, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to do this trope of like a big, loud, bossy lady with like a mousy husband. But now I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, this this like codes to me as they're each other's beards. Like, that's oh, weird. Wow. Like, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, I think you could, like, either way, they're obviously an inversion of like the standard mm-hmm. heteronormative marriage. Exactly. And the show opens itself up to some interesting relationships the longer it goes on. They're clearly like a diversity quotient relationships and stuff, but they're there. At some point, Chucky's dad marries uh, an Asian woman who I'm not a thousand percent sure if they actually say her ethnicity, but she is coded as 90s Asian woman where (laughs) she has a very sharp haircut, almond shaped eyes, great English, but a very slight thing with punctuation where you're like "Mm, in today's world that's super racist but i see what you were doing there and it's not an accent it's literally (laughs) just punctuation (laughs) wow and then chucky ends up with a little sister kimmy which changes the makeup of the group which is interesting the same way that angelica gets a best friend um god what is her name Susie. yes it's Susie. there we go it's Susie. And it's a little girl who is black and has pigtails and is the only one who stands up to Angelica sometimes. Right. And I remember her from the late seasons, but I didn't rewatch any episodes with her because I only watched episodes from seasons one, two, and three. I've just delved a little bit into season five just to remind myself of like some of the ways that it changed. That's you know, like (laughs) Yeah. Well just to just to say that it like for us a show that went on that long, Mm -hmm. they really did try to evolve some of the concepts that the babies had to deal with. They did stuff like Tommy getting a new baby brother and then delving into like this was me more looking through episodes than watching it, but Chucky's dad had to introduce Kimmy's mom to Chucky to be like, hey, do you like her? And he was upset. Like he was, I remember actually him being a little bit like, I don't know who the stranger is. And at one point she, I think, helps him with something scary, like being afraid of the dark or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh no, it's my new stepmommy and she's really nice. And that's cool. You know. Yeah. I was kind of impressed, even just with the few episodes that I watched, that they really do take on a, like a really wide variety of topics. I mean, in Chucky's Wonderful Life, they're like, what if you didn't exist? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And it's obviously like over the top, but it's still a fairly serious subject. Like, just because you're afraid of things doesn't mean you're worthless. Exactly, which is kind of great. <laughs> it was kind of great. And then, like, Together at Last, which was one of the other ones I watched, was about Phil and Lil are separated for, like, a very short amount of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in adult life. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure baby time is, like, eons. Yeah, they are okay with it for, like, a minute. And then they're like, we need to go find each other. And they, like, go on these quests to reunite themselves. And it's about, like, you know, siblings loving each other. Which is... <laughs> I mean, but that's perfect. I mean, knowing that both of us are from families with siblings, there were times where you were like, oh, I wish you didn't, you weren't here. Exactly. Or like, 
you didn't exist. But then if they were gone, you were sort of like, but wait, where's my sibling? What do I do no, now? No, wait. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, who, who am I playing with? Who am I like riding the bus with? Or who's going to have, it's essentially yes. like, who's going to have my back? And then you're like, wait, no, come back. <laughs> yeah. And obviously those are just in the early seasons. And the longer they go, the more time they have to get into like all sorts of stuff. It's definitely like a show that is really, I think, pretty dang decent for its audience. Like it's well put together. Most of it's very smart. The dynamic of the kids is good. And who they add is it adds further to the dynamic. Like it's good for Angelica to have mm-hmm. Susie as someone who challenges her. So she's not just like That's true. a bully all the time. <laughs> it's good for Chucky to have like this little sister who he's suddenly like, wait, no, I have to be brave to protect her. Aww, Which is just Chucky fucking adorable. It's just, yeah. I think I always love Chucky. He really has to overcome things in order <laughs> to deal with life. I just, I also identify with like being bored scared. Yeah, things are scary. Mm-hmm. But I also think like Tommy is a remarkably compelling hero character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just like really good. <laughs> He's like Optimus Prime in baby form. I love that that sentence just happened. Yeah, he <laughs> is kind of like Optimus Prime in baby form. Like, how are you a clear leader at the age of one, but also still like full of interest and hope and willing to go around and explore stuff and just... He's so <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't remember what... Maybe it was like in the Together at Last episode, something bad happens and Tommy's like, would you like my reptar? And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so cute you're the nicest baby cute and it's not like any of the characters are unrealistic in any way because looking at all of my notes i love some of the things that were so incredibly clearly a kid thing so like i watched an episode called waiter there's a baby in my soup and part of i mean outside of like noah baby could not just crawl around in a kitchen he gets really like ooh, here's a shiny thing and he knocks bowls over he falls in spaghetti and plays with it because he's like this is really squishy or like in mommy's little assets angelica hits all of the elevator buttons very (laughs) happily and you're just like no no (laughs) don't do it (laughs) it's true oh my gosh so yeah with raising dill the idea that you know all right you've got the bully that tells your brother is going away to the baby store but you're also like no that's my brother like (laughs) it's true yeah they're, they are very much babies, even when they do things like have screwdrivers in their diapers, which is unrealistic and gross. The idea that they <laughs> so carry gross. things in their diapers, I rem- like I had forgotten about until watching this. And I was like, oh, no, this is gross. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Even just the first episode where they all eat the dog food. I was like, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Also, I love that Phil and Will's whole thing about being a dog was like, you get to sleep in the flowers? And I'm like, all right, blessed, though, because I want to sleep in the flowers. (laughs) It's true. They do manage to, like, maintain the artifice that, like, these are babies. Yeah, even even with the weirdly extreme, not extreme circumstances. Yeah. But, like, I have a thing that I wrote down. This whole show is just babies lying to each other and adults trying their best in a harsh world. (laughs) And it does kind of It's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's usually Angelica lying. Then yes. the other baby's trying to make up for that. And then interspersed with adults who are like trying to do stuff. Like Tommy's first birthday, there's a puppet show going on in the background oh, where 
<laughs> Tommy's dad and his brother, so that's Angelica's dad, are putting on a passive-aggressive puppet show that just continues to resolve itself throughout the episode. I know. Yeah, they like keep cutting back to the puppet show, and you're like, this is the saddest therapy session I've ever watched. Yeah, and you have like Dee Dee, who is his wife, being like, do you want to apologize now for what you did when you were boys? Yes. <laughs> What is happening? And you guys are not watching your children eat dog food. (laughs) I was thinking that, like, really, the parents are criminally negligent with their children. (laughs) Every episode, these kids get into situations. I mean, in, like, Reptar on Ice, the parents fell asleep in the audience, and then the babies all crawled onto the ice. And I was like, every adult here has failed. (laughs) Like, you had one job. Which is so true, but also not only do the adults fail, the babies cause crazy amount of mayhem. They do. So like They're very okay good at escaping. <laughs> Let's say they fall asleep, right, at an ice show and then the babies get on the ice. You know in the real world the show immediately stops. Yes. Like someone comes out to get them. They are put oh man, my first instinct was to say containment cell, but that's <laughs> like they Not would be contained. Me, like, <laughs> yeah, they'd be put someone somewhere safe and it would be like an all call going out. Like, hey, if you're missing your children, please come get them. Like, it would not be a mayhem situation. Whereas the show is always the parents not paying attention. The babies get somewhere and then fucking mayhem is unleashed. <laughs> well, yeah, so the Reptar and Ice is a really good example because they don't stop the show. <laughs> Yeah, it just keeps going. They're just like, Reptar, how about you sing something about the babies on the ice? So Reptar's like, hey, there are some kids here. (laughs) Whose kids are these? And he's like singing it. And you're like, this is so crazy. That's so insane. (laughs) Yeah, those parents, they're not good at paying attention to their children. Yeah, yeah. I think another thing that reminded me why child Kelly was like, ew, about this show and adult Kelly is like, meh, is that everybody's a little bit yelly? That's true. There's a lot of yelling. In the baby's defense, they're babies, but the adults also yell kind of a lot. Yeah. It's just a, it's a show with some volume to it. And even as I was rewatching, like, it was mostly chill, but there would be a moment where I'm like, oh my god, all right, I'm going to get up and make some tea. As an adult, I understand that as a child, that was my sound sensitivity, like, showing itself. So that was an interesting thing to figure out, because I've never fully been like, why did I hate Rugrats so much as a kid? <laughs> they were yelling. Well, I was thinking, this is the first cartoon we've watched that was, like, intentionally drawn in a strange way. And I think it's supposed to, like, mimic the baby's perspective, but it's just kind of disorienting as an adult. Yeah, I have a note. Where did I put it? The style is still not appealing to me, but I like the show a little bit better now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it really even, like, I don't think it occurred to me as a child that this was drawn in a particular way because you just, like, accepted cartoons for what they were when you were a kid, but... (laughs) I mean, unless you're me. (laughs) Well, like, you might not have liked them, but you weren't like, the art style of this cartoon is strange. (laughs) Oh, no, I did I didn't know that it was like... No, I would literally tell people, that cartoon is ugly. I don't watch it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, that explains a lot. (laughs) Right? I'm also someone who was clearly after the visual arts for, like, day one. So, yeah. Little, like, critique me would have looked at a Van Gogh and been like, this is boring. Wow. I feel like, okay, well, I just accepted, like, a cartoon was whatever it was, and I either liked it or I didn't like it. And with Rugrats, it was like, okay, (laughs) fine, I guess, we'll watch the show. But, yeah, as an adult, I was like, this is weirdly disorienting. I'm not really sure why, but nothing really has an edge. 
Yeah. Uh, everything's a little squiggly, like Dr. Seuss, except moving and not quite as colorful. <laughs> yeah, and the curves just, they aren't smooth. Nope. <laughs> I will say, though, I never fully thought about it as the idea of it was a baby's perspective, and that actually makes me feel, like, more generous towards it. Oh, you know, nice. like, where everything's not fully formed, you don't 100% know what everything is, uh-huh. you know? So, that, I mean, I'm, I'm making that face where you're like, oh, <laughs> like, like, I know that doesn't translate to so audio. But like where you kind of like half grimace, but your eyebrows go up (laughs) and you're like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Well, they do a lot of like shots that are clearly from like the ground and stuff. They also do shots from inside of people's mouths where yes. I'm like, why? Well, I guess that's a thing a baby would think of too. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, but it's, as an adult, just kind of disorienting. You're like, okay, <laughs> cool. And it never really fully affects the plot. Like, no. so it doesn't like necessarily jar you out of everything, but it is those moments of like, oh, oh, okay, okay, we're over here now. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Yeah. I think as a kid, like, your perspective is so much more elastic. So if a show's like, you're to the left, to the right, upside down, in a mouth, your whole brain's like, yeah, this makes sense. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's true. As an adult, you're just like, but why, though? <laughs> yeah. And as a kid, you're like, this why, why is, is just the like way it? that cartoons are. Don't ask questions. <laughs> I don't remember from when I was a kid ever really thinking about the fact that, like, this is a super suburban show. Ooh, yeah, it is. It's very suburban and very middle class. And until the later seasons, super very white. white. So white. I was like, (laughs) all the babies are white? That's part of why I went to some of the later seasons. Because I was like, I know I remember a black kid. Yeah, (laughs) I remember Susie. For a second, I thought I'd I'd made her up. They put Susie (laughs) on all the, like, merchandise. So I knew about her but yeah I was like oh I mean I was this kid so that's probably why I didn't think about it but dang (laughs) yeah especially considering everything we've watched up until this point that has been either actively diverse or even low on humanity like there's not a lot of people in Samurai Jack. <laughs> Gargoyles is actively diverse. Yeah. Same with like, so there's not a lot of people in Ninja Turtles. It's true, but it's the people who do exist, two of them are Japanese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's like even that little bit of diversity yeah. there. Versus you get to Rugrats and you're like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. And Ninja Turtles is in a city and Samurai Jack is all over the world. And <laughs> literally. Yeah. Gargoyles yeah, is in so- a city. Gargoyles is in a city. Also New York. New York's mm-hmm. a popular location. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Captain Planet is all over the place. Captain Planet like, is all literally. over the world. And the cast is so PC. It's really funny. But- yeah, it's like <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it is. But it's diverse. The only thing this mm-hmm. manages is like some level of gender equity. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even say that. Maybe among the adults because they do all the pairing. Well, that's true. But in the babies, there's three boys and two girls, if you're counting Angelica. But Angelica's a villain, so it's a little tough. Yeah. The good guys have done the standard one-girl trope until Susie and Kimmy show up. That's what changed their gender dynamics and their, like, racial dynamics. So they got better, but it it definitely starts (laughs) suburban and white. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Somebody was like, hey... Maybe you could change it up a little bit. Uh, but they did. They did make progress. So I guess that's something. Yeah. I, I'm willing to give it to them because with a show on that long, the idea is that you don't necessarily have to make progress, but the fact that you did is still really nice. So, eh. 
Yeah. I can have it. I mean, I feel like that's honestly my feeling about the whole show was, eh, they can have it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yep. <laughs> I will say there was one thing in the show that bothered me a lot, and it only happens in those, like, slightly later episodes, which was Dill. Oh. So Dill is a baby. Yeah. I saw the movie where Dill is introduced, but that was kind of it. Yeah, no, but he doesn't talk to them. He still makes baby sounds. Like, uh-huh. is one, year one, the key to, like, being able to talk? Because the show begins with Tommy's first birthday, but he talks to the other babies as if they've known each other the whole time. But in the, the Raising Dill episode that I watched, Angelica was just like, oh, no, he's too dumb to talk. Oh, that's hilarious. I was like, wait, what? Maybe it only takes a couple <laughs> months. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. But in the way of cartoons, they're, like, the same age for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like, oh, this is fine. It's fine. They're just always this age, and that's just the way it is. So I don't, yeah, that's a good question. And, like, how long will Angelica be able to talk to them before she's too old? Well, I think that at least is, like, answered in terms of what happens to the future and, like, what's happening with this cartoon now. True. There are new things that have happened. Which is rare, actually, for a lot of the cartoons that we put on our list and and we watch. They usually just sort of, like, once the cartoon goes off the air, the whole world's like, okay, what's next? But the Rugrats, like, man, they had some frickin' staying power. They sure do. I was impressed. I didn't realize they stayed on until 2004. I was like, wow, okay. There's a lot of stuff, but there's All Growed Up, which is the spinoff series based on the same characters 10 years later. So they're like... I don't know, from like Junior 10 high to school, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I re- actually remember actively watching that and liking it oh. a little bit better. Well, it was on from 2003 to 2008, so it must have been like reasonably successful. They planned the like Rugrats preschool days, but they only made four episodes, so it didn't quite get off the ground. There have been three movies in 1998, 2000, and then 2003 with The Wild Thornberries. It was a crossover. Oh, yeah. I forgot that they did crossover. <laughs> I was like, that. you did what now? And Wikipedia told me that there's another movie in the works, but I don't think it has like a date. Yeah, they've it. been bringing back a couple things. Like they did a Hey Arnold movie, I think, to kind of yeah, recap that story. <laughs> so the Rugrats yeah. are getting a new movie that way. Yeah. There's a lot of comics and a pretty impressive list of video games. I forget that they had video <laughs> I was games. like, who plays these? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me, but they have a lot of them. No. There's also a 40-minute live show called Rugrats yes. A Live Adventure, which is oh about Chucky being afraid of the dark. <laughs> yes, but they did it with, like, Disney-style, like, walking character heads, which I oh, always wow. thought was super weird and, like, nightmare fuel. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wondered, I didn't look, but I was like, I wonder how they did that since they did not have babies on a stage. (laughs) (laughs) I would recall in my brain that they did like the full big character suits. I could have made that up. Maybe it was like a Rugrats on Ice nonsense, but like, I would bet like real money that that's how they did it. (laughs) That would make sense to me. As you might imagine, there is an extensive amount of merchandise. A lot. A lot. Because not only is there, like, Rugrats-specific merchandise, but there's Nicktoons merchandise as well. Uh, and then Nickelodeon's considering a revival of the show, and that's that brings us up to now. And I kind of hope that they don't. I would actually really love it if they don't revive this show, because there's a level of innocence to the things that the babies do that I don't 
think could necessarily be captured mostly because I think parenting has kind of changed a little bit in the way that people do it. Especially if you look to like, okay, if we take where Rugrats started, suburban parenting in particular has changed a lot. Like lots of moms are going back to work full time and kids are in daycare, which, okay, cool. You could do some of that. But then there's screen time. There's the idea of like early education where you have babies at two learning a new language and, you know, people being like, oh, you can't eat that. It's not gluten free or like, and not to like, this is not me shitting on parenting or saying that it was better in the good old days. <laughs> I just, I don't know if the show would translate. Well, like you were saying before, like, Dee Dee is obsessed with Dr. Lipschitz and what he has to say mm-hmm. about, you know, how you should be a parent. So I think there's certainly some evolution of that and it makes the show funny in retrospect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like a lot of, like, you couldn't just keep making the same show. You'd have to make a new show about, like, new babies. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, that stuff would, like, speak to parents, I think, in a way of, like, showing, you know, what happens when you have a kid and looking at all those concerns. But then what's the adventure for the kids? Is the adventure new Tommy eats marshmallows for the first time and gets a sugar high? (laughs) Is the adventure, like, you know, Chucky gets addicted to phones time? Like, (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. Yes. There's, There's just a level of, like, I'm sure a very creative person could take this on and maybe do something in the style of Rugrats, which would be interesting, but there's also, like, the same idea of kids now are fully strapped into whatever they're doing. The way the babies just take a screwdriver to their playpen and then wander away, I don't... I think that would cause, like, a riot Uh in this day and age. Yeah, they just, like, wander around outside, and I'm just like, that is impossible. (laughs) Yeah, like, I can't imagine a parent today just being like, oh, I'm not hyper-aware of my kid at every single moment, so... I don't know. And I think it's specifically because they're babies. Like, I've seen parents in restaurants where their, you know, five-year-old is running around loose and I'm low-key like, "Mm, maybe cut that (laughs) out. But, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I do do try so desperately to err on the side of you don't have kids and you don't know what parenting is like, so calm down. But in those situations, I'm definitely like, could you get this child, please? Could you, like... Get, they are too big. Like, they are too big to be this much. But anyway. Like, if I brought my dog in here, she would sit yes. stiller than your baby. <laughs> right? Anyway. But I mean... But I mean, like, sure, you let older kids run a little bit more loose, but not babies. And everyone in the show is under four years old. Uh-huh. So I just, I can't imagine them being loose. So then I just, I wonder what the storylines are. I know. It could be really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would be like. It's possible. I'm sure that the people of Nickelodeon are smart and know what kids like. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, if they do it, I'd definitely revisit it if just to only have my curiosity sated, you know? It's true. Yeah, I mean, all the stuff on Wikipedia was like, the show was so successful. It had awards and everything, and I was like, I mean, I watched it as a kid, but... Who was giving it awards? Like, <laughs> I think it didn't it say it won like daytime kids. Yes, I was like, I didn't know that was a category. <laughs> okay, I guess it really does come down though to it's like category breaking. Like yeah. you said, these are not superheroes; they are not out of the ordinary, and it's really the only extraordinary thing is somebody going, "Hey, no one's watching this baby. Exactly, it's gonna fuck shit up." <laughs> like, <laughs> 
it's true. It's just babies like exploring the literal world around them, and they take it slightly outside of reality where babies are into things that they probably couldn't really get into. But that is the only like suspension of disbelief for the show. Yeah, everything else is pretty easy peasy to get into. Yeah, <laughs> and I have to say. Having done a couple shows where we were like, I love this, or <laughs> shows where we were like, we hate this, yeah. like, I have to say, for kids' cartoons, this is a rare moment where innocuous is good. Like, I would not say that about tons of things. Like, I don't think innocuous is necessarily the best thing you can do in your whole life for a lot of different things, but for kids' cartoons, knowing you can plop your kid down in front of this. It's not anything too crazy. It's not anything super or hyper violent or unrealistic. Like, it's not gross like Ren and Stimpy's mm-hmm. gross, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's not unreasonable. Like, if you, if you know, like, my mom went through a phase where she was like, you guys can't watch Power Rangers because it's just fighting. <laughs> Which, wow, my mom did not, like, think that through because we were already just beating each other up, but whatever. But, like, if you want a safe show that's still interesting and funny, and it's innocuous, yeah. it's not boring, but it's it's safe, and they still do a lot of stuff while being safe, and I gotta hand that to yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. That's about right. Do you want to rate it? Three stars. Like, just middle of the road. Good cartoon, but also, I would not seek it out again. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think uh, I agree. Three stars seems about right. It's yeah great if you're a kid, and not very interesting if you're an adult, and... That's about it. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, there are still funny moments as an adult. Yeah, you know, like yeah, there was stuff definitely I, some good li- one liners. Yeah, would not have picked up on as a child, but it yeah. just is what it is, I guess. And mm-hmm. if you're really nostalgic about it, it's probably really fun to go rewatch. But if you're not, then you won't really care. Yeah, and I think if the show was your jam, it would most definitely feel like a recapturing of innocence to go watch yeah. it because it's still very simple and. And ultimately, like you said, Tommy's very good, and outside of Angelica being a bully, the babies are pretty kind. Like, they still have moments where they're babies and rude and throw temper tantrums and stuff, but, like, they ultimately end on kind of a kind note. So, like, the backyard barbecue where they try to go find their ball, and there's, like, this big dog that scares them, and then Spike comes and saves them. That's sweet. Like, that's really nice. Or, like, in Mommy's Little Assets, like... Yeah, they go to work with with Angelica's mom and wreck a ton of crap. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, her mom like wins the account, and then Angelica's like, "Cool, I have a new babysitter." Like, it's not <laughs> Angelica's the devil. Yeah, she's so bad. She's so terrible. That episode did have some of the best like one-liners as an adult. Like, there was one where the assistant says to Angelica's mom, "You said forty seconds. I thought you'd been kidnapped by eco terrorists again." again. <laughs> See, again, that really makes that line. You're like, that's happened before. <laughs> It's such a good payoff to Angelica hitting all of the freaking buttons. And she also sets off, like, someone's car alarm. Oh, and just, Yeah. She's just constant mayhem. Like, all of the babies are constant mayhem. But Angelica is, like, intentional harmful mayhem. Gosh, she is. She is. She's a devil. It's a terrible child. Yeah, she really is. She really is. But I remember getting old enough to understand that her name was, like, a pun. Yeah, where she's through, like, Oh, they're calling her an angel. She's actually She's terrible. Not, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I get it now. And then I got old enough to understand Lipschitz was also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a great day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it still has some, it's still got some life in it, the old show. <laughs> That's about right. Okay. 
I think that about does it for this All episode right. of Saturday Morning Rewatch. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. I guess be like Tommy. Be a good baby be like if you Tommy. can. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye. This show is produced by us, Kelly and Jess, as part of the Adjective Sphinx Network. The music we used was sung by me and can only be found here. And you can find links to any info we used in the show in the show notes. Find us and our sibling shows on Twitter at AdjectiveSphinx or email us at AdjectiveSphinx at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening.